seen this movie i have heard of it i've never seen it we're watching see no evil hear no evil god knows how good this intro is gonna be i uh, yeah this is movie starring gene wilder our man of honor and richard pryor who we've talked about actually in in several episodes over the last couple of weeks uh the synopsis is because if we haven't heard of it i'm sure some of you out there have also not heard of it uh, Dave is deaf and Wally is blind. They witness a murder, but it was Dave who was looking at her and Wally who was listening. So it's a... You've got to be kidding me. That's the premise that of this movie. That is the premise movie. of the movie, yeah. <laughs> Dude, this actually, this is probably going to be amazing. I, I think we're going to laugh our asses off. I think it's going to be hilarious. Oh my God. Are you a Pryor fan? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say Die Hard, but I like. I don't think you I've like ever him seen him do something and not enjoyed it. <laughs> that was a wild guy, man. Yeah, he is a scary motherfucker. There's something about there's certain people. Why? I don't know. I think comics have this energy. This applies to Gene Wilder. This applies to everybody. It's a comic that there's. It's just something that is so intense and unsettling. They're observing human behavior so hard that it's it's a lot. You feel a little seen, a little exposed. Not even that. It's it's just very. Comics are just biting. That's the best part about them. Yeah, I mean that's why you're friends yeah. with me. Oh, oh look at that! <laughs> nice way to work. Funniest that in there. person you know. <laughs> Actually, that's a lie. Allie's the funniest person we know, but. I don't know, Allie. She's got to be put into more rep. She's she could be the IMDb star ranking maybe going down. Funniest person I know for Allie. Oh Patteros. my god. You heard it here first. No, Allison's going to secure a stand-up deal. She could if she wanted. She could if she wanted to. She'd be so funny. She'd be great at that. Oh, my God. Allison, if you're listening, we're planning your career. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck the movies. Going going to comedy. Um, Yeah, this seems like a weird pairing, too. Wilder and Pryor. I think they were like really good friends they were yeah that our next movie that we're doing is also uh richard Pryor, gene wilder duo is that silver that is because i think i may know this trello board oh my god we have a trello board we're very official honestly we pay taxes we got a trello board a little seed trello if you're listening yes please sponsor us i will be the biggest advocate for your brand i am obsessed with you I'm obsessed with Trello. Trello, baby. We want you so bad. If you, we'll treat you so well. Oh, seriously. I, I, I will be your face. <laughs> like, I will go out you and just tell everyone. You as a spokeswoman for Trello? Yeah. Oh, my, oh my God, God. Why not? Listen, if you need a project management tool. Yeah. And automating your whatever it is that you're doing uh-huh. is important to you, you're not going to find a better system. You simply will not. They give you so many tools for free. It's insane. Are you sure you're not getting a kickback? You're really selling I this. really, we should be. Because I, I'll i talk about it on every episode. We need to go get I would people. easily do a Trello ad 
This is not sponsored, but it should be. Because it's so... Listen, I don't have the time in my life, yeah. all right, to keep on top of every single thing that we're doing. We're doing too many things. But I don't have to with Trello. Is this scripted? <laughs> this is like so professional. Meanwhile, no, I'm over here. So off, what are we watching? In line at the grocery store. What do you, even the checkout lady, what are you recording for your podcast? Uh, that's a good <laughs> question. I haven't checked Trello. Also, if you're listening, Trader Joe's checkout girlies that Blake pitched our show to this morning oh my god if you're listening thank you so much for listening genuinely just checking out my chicken thighs my bag salads and my falafel wraps and next thing you know if you're listening you've made my week i gave her the name so maybe she is i would love that that'd be hilarious wouldn't it that'd be amazing though shit oh no yes we got to go back to trader joe's you work at the t joe's don't don't add her Oh, it's a big place. It's a Trader Joe's. It's fine. Nobody girl. knows where we're coming from. We could be in Bangladesh. Everybody knows. They they for sure know we're not in Bangladesh. I'm not even going to describe her. Okay? I'm not going to talk about how she was six foot seven. She had a platinum blonde chop. Yeah. Anyways, um, hey, Trader Joe's girl. Maybe you like Gene Wilder. We do. Yeah. If yeah. you don't, we've got other episodes you could listen to. Yeah. What's what's next again? Silver Is it Silver Streaks? Stir Crazy. Which is the the premise for that one is also insane, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. I think this girl or man, who, I think whoever who, is above not, me is yeah. getting it off. Get, there's a dildo up there. Sorry, I'm it's vibrating. It's so loud. It seems like they're running it across the floor. No way, right? That is that a I razor? I don't know what that there's is. There's something buzzing. It's but it's not like a should knock on the ceiling. What are you drill. watching? <laughs> uh, I just uh, hope you're being safe. Girly pop, whoever you are. Oh my god! Live your life. Be a freak. Well, what do I care? How about uh Chase's questions last night to the table at Bar Siena? Yeah, shout out Chase. What a wonderful conversation. You have to go into the questions, but he, do you want to say what Chase did? He won't mind if we say it. I loved it. He apparently has and, and a, his his dating a, tactic. Yeah, it's a game that he has. I don't remember what the name of it was. Otherwise, we could do another yeah. free ad read. Somebody. Um, <laughs> it's it's basically there's like four tiers of questions it is not we're not really strangers but it is similar to that yeah yeah. um because i know somebody's yelling that that's what it is it's not he said specifically it's not that game but it's like um but there's four categories of cards and one of the categories is erotic and he puts those at the top every time he invites someone over for a date which is just such a thing those guys do it just makes me laugh i don't no shame in the game it's just no shame in the game at all there's no shame in being open and having communication with somebody that you want to have relations with when him and we joe, love that it makes me feel so young when him and joe tell me all their little dating tactics <laughs> like dude aren't you so glad you're not out there i'm very glad i'm not out there yeah yeah very much so that's fair it's rough out there it is i mean it seems like it i'm watching from like my caravan i'm like going through this african safari just watching all you guys fend for yourselves i apologize well I empathize. I I can't say I'd rather be in anybody else's shoes. Uh, no, you're in some good shoes. I am in some good shoes. Some very well-fitted Oxfords. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Uh, this movie looks like it could go either way. We've really hit, like, in a very short period of time, many different topics. Well, we've so never if seen you... this. Yeah, we got to... If the... you don't have whiplash... 
I'm impressed. If you do, you can send your doctor's bill to our offices. Love that. I think we should start talking uh, politics on these intros. I don't think we should ever talk politics to each other. Because what would be scary is just like all of our movie opinions, we would agree on everything. What would we talk about? We would just sit around and be like, oh, I thought when yes. you originally said that, you would, you were saying like we would disagree on stuff. And I'm like, we literally agree on everything yeah. in terms of that area. No, I know we do. Yeah. There, there'd be nothing for us to talk about. We'd say, we would, one of us would say something and the other would go, correct. And then just be dead air. Not that this is political. This actually isn't. This is more like a cultural thing. Uh-huh. But um, I was listening to a, I'm not going to say who it was. I was I was listening to a fitness podcast today. Mm-hmm. And the people on the podcast were talking about how it is. I don't know if I should open this up on breweries. Let, let's end it with this. How it's stupid that people don't want to have children. Oh, Let's not open. Let's not open it because Do you want to get into that? there is there are a lot of really <laughs> terrifying movements that are gaining traction that that scare me. But that's not a topic for this show. <laughs> anyway, what is a topic for the show is what we're drinking. Oh yeah, that crazy. Do that. Um, I had a baby to do a little... can't drink, but we can. So let's talk about it. God, I had too many. I had too many jokes on that, and I just we're gonna go with none of them. The movie takes place in New York, but I feel like we've played out all of the New York cocktails, so we're not doing that. Yeah. So I did a little research. Mm-hmm. I like it when we drink things that are mentioned in the movie or are seen in the movie, and without spoiling any of the movie for myself, I did find a quote. It's a joke between our two main characters. Okay. And the basically the joke hinges on the drink, the Harvey Wallbanger. So that is what we're drinking. There is a drink called what? The Harvey Wallbanger, which is can you say vodka, that close to me too? Orange juice, Galliano with an orange slice and a maraschino cherry. I just had a hilarious joke and you didn't even acknowledge it. I didn't hear it. I said, "Can you say that post me too?" <laughs> Anyways, that drink sounds good. See, there's a reason I didn't acknowledge it. (laughs) I'm trying to get us, keep us on air here, Miller. Maybe I'll cut it out. Maybe I won't. Who knows? (laughs) Anyways, you ready to get a drink? Oh, no. But as I'll ever be. Let's go talk about some evil. Roll the tape. Uh-huh. You look I so know tired. What was happening over there? <laughs> I am real tired. Okay. Three, mm-hmm. two, one, three. three. Yeah. Kind of felt like a two, but. I was going to say, because I don't want to give it a two because it's not a bad movie. I think we're a little tainted from the way that we're watching it. Yeah. And all in all, I think it's a good movie. I just think it drags. Let's be honest with the Bruvies listeners. It drags. We were out last night. We were. <laughs> we had a few drinks. Uh huh. We're a little tired today. We're a little tired. We're doing a double header today. Yeah. Because we gotta we gotta batch record a whole bunch before we break for the holidays. Get. We can't get leave you in suspense. Mm. We gotta make sure there's content through the end of the year, but we will not be in the same state to record it. So this movie, mm-hmm. I feel to me, fell apart after they escaped the police station. Agreed. 
And what I think is a little bit of a bummer about this one is it is my perfect movie length. It's an hour 45. Does not feel like it, though. No. Feels like two and a half easy. Yeah. We talk about this quite a bit, but it is funny how runtimes really don't mean shit. No. I mean, we, you know, I, I feel like the perfect runtime is between an hour 30 and two. I know we both agree on that. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a very special circumstance, but doesn't mean it's going to feel like that. Nope. It just, there were too many locations. That's yeah. what I think killed it. It wasn't a plot unfolding or a story unfolding. It was just detour, detour, detour. Yeah, like right. the, the original, the, the main conflict and the main plot is set up in the first 20 minutes. And then there's no real development. It's just kind of a cat and mouse game for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. But the stakes stay the same. Right. There's no upping the ante. Yeah. I think they tried to up the ante with having Richard Pryor's sister mm-hmm. be abducted by the people that they're chasing. Which did add a bit to it. But then it was resolved so quickly that it just right. kind of didn't. Right. It didn't feel... I don't know. What do you think about the combo of these two? I think they're hilarious. Yeah. They're That's really what good. I will say. And this is why I didn't want to give it a two. Because I think they do a great job. They're very complimentary of each other's humor. Yes. Yeah. And I think they are funny. The jokes are funny. The bits are funny. Agreed. And with something like this, it could have been really insensitive. But it doesn't feel like that. Like both Wally and Dave... Mm-hmm. main characters names have agency through the whole movie and they're the plot is not like oh how are these two like how is this blind and deaf guy going to accomplish all this it's like what what absolutely ridiculous ways can they come up with to solve this but you they're it's never a question of can they yeah unless it's a question that they're asking themselves and there are a few like really nice moments where they're helping each other and finding strength in each other. Now, do you feel like, though, mm-hmm. they can make a movie like this today? Absolutely. I don't think. I think there are a fair amount of jokes in this that don't age well. But I think you could definitely make a movie like this today. It's, yeah. It's just about making sure that you, you know. You're not taking the piss out of them. Yeah. You're not laughing at them. You're laughing with them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think a studio would take the risk, though. Oh, I agree. Yeah, but I mean, what the, what are they what are they taking a risk on right now? Mm. So that's true. There's a lot of issues there. I do like the idea of a the antagonist of a story like this being basically a runway model looking woman because usually it's a hard nosed, grubby looking Edward G. Robinson type villain, mm-hmm. crime guy. But yeah, how it's executed is a little. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think in the beginning, though, you don't... It's only, like, once a movie starts get, getting going. Like, in the beginning, it's really interesting. Like, when it starts, because mm-hmm. you're like... It kind of reminded me of The Nice Guys. You've seen The Nice oh, Guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's... This this movie actually reminded me a lot of The Nice Guys. Yeah, it's kind of like an odd couple Yeah. whodunit thriller or catch-the-killer thriller. Exactly. And those are always really fun. Oh, I love that. Which is why, like, I think there are so many parts of this movie that work really, really well. Mm-hmm. It just, it just drags on too long. It does drag on. It too just long. needed, it needed to get where it was going faster. There needed to be an actual plot instead of just bits. It is funny how you can watch 
watching movies does make you a better filmmaker. But you're oh, not doing yeah. anything. You're just sitting on your ass and watching something. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta dissect it. Right, right. But it yeah. does it does make you a better Absolutely. Yeah. My parents always give me shit about that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I'm working. You're watching a movie. I'm dissect dissecting it, mom. God. What I do think is interesting about this script mm-hmm. is Gene Wilder was offered this role twice and he turned it down both times. And then the third time, the studio came back to him and was like, we really want you and Richard Pryor to do this. And Gene was like, I don't like the way that you're treating these characters. I think you are making fun of people with disabilities, and I don't want to be a part of this. And they were like, okay, if we let you rewrite the script to be what you want it to be, will you do it? And he was like, yeah, sure. So he rewrote it. This went through a Gene lot. Did. Of, yeah. This went through a lot of different iterations and then his final rewrite is what they shot. So I think there's kind of an element of that that needs to be taken into account when we talk about the pacing. Hmm. But you can definitely tell that it was handled with a lot of care. Yes. I'm just checking on Arthur Hiller who's the director of this and he's mm-hmm. he's a fun little director. Yeah. He's got um, some good stuff in the 70s. Yeah, I th- it is funny, man. I think we've really seen uh, just by three different directors, you see the full gamut of who Gene Wilder was. Mm-hmm. I think he was a guy that was probably, it all depended on who was directing him. Oh, definitely. Because there are actors where that doesn't really matter as much. And what I think is really interesting... Having now seen him do two comedies and kind of a kid's movie that's not really a comedy, but it's not really a drama either. It's just kind of a kid's movie. It's a little bit of... Yeah, it's a little somewhere in between. Even when he's doing a comedy, he's not your, like, funny man comic. You know what I mean? Like, Richard Pryor is Richard Pryor. <laughs> yes. And he's, he's doing yeah. the funny man bit. And which works so incredibly well for him because he's hilarious. Gene is kind of always playing it straight. Like he's always bringing Mm -hmm. a dramatic element to all of these comedies. And I just think it's so interesting that he chose to pursue comedy so heavily in his career. Did he do a lot of drama? Not really. Huh. Like even Young Frankenstein. He did a lot with Mel Brooks. Well, yeah, they're like besties. Which are all comedies. He did a series of four comedies with Richard Pryor. Isn't that surprising to think they were good friends, though? I can't yeah, imagine not, that. You wouldn't pick it out. No. But yeah. God damn. And he did. It is funny, man, watching these old comedies. Yeah. I mean, he did a ton of comedies. And I just think it's so interesting that that's what he chose to pursue when it seems like he had a really dramatic inclination. He could do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Pryor's acting chops? Because he's obviously funny mm-hmm. in terms of his performance. I think he gives a great performance. I think they both do a really incredible job in this. I never think that he's going to be a good performer and I watch him in movies and I'm just like, holy shit. But, I mean, that's also like every stand-up is kind of a good actor. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a performance. Right. Like you You're gotta, used to it. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is really interesting about stand-up is you have to kind of, because comedy is so observational and situational, 
when you, a lot of the time when you're watching people do stand-up, it feels like they're kind of reliving their thought process in the moment of whatever it is that they're observing and making a joke on. Yeah. And I feel like that particular skill serves stand-up comics really well in acting. And it's not really surprising to me that you find a lot of crossover there. Yeah. It's the same muscle. You're just exercising it differently mm-hmm. is really the, the rub. Pryor was gone too soon. I, I would have loved to have seen, I mean, you know, he died in like 06 or something. And I just, mm-hmm. to see him or like, you know, 05. Oh, 05. Oh, fact checking me over here. Sorry. Just wanna, One year early. I just want to be accurate. You know George yeah. Carlin? Yes. Can you imagine Richard Pryor and George Carlin and also Robin Williams too, them alive today, like what they would be saying during all the shit that's been happening in the United States in the last five years? God, no. Here's the thing. I, I couldn't imagine it. And honestly, I kind of don't want to. It kind of would have made things better. I, I think they would, would well, I at least know. for me, they would make me laugh so hard. Carlin was a, Oh my God. There's a class of those guys. They're all kind of the same age. I mean, it's just coming up through counterculture, I, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. God, they, I mean, looking at their sets now, like if you go back and watch like an old George Carlin or Richard Pryor set, it's so modern. Oh, yeah. Timeless. Yeah. Especially George Carlin. Mm. Uh, I do love going and watching old George Carlin stuff. Do you? I but bet yeah. you do. I, I super bet funny. you do. But. I don't know. I, I I always I do think about that sometimes mm-hmm. with that era of comedians and I'm just kinda like, I don't know. I don't really wanna know. With the state of what things are. Like what they would have said. Yeah. Because they always were very even Robin Williams, people don't understand. Robin Williams was very biting with his observational observational humor, if I can say that word correctly. Mm-hmm. He's very biting. Kind of made you think like, oh, Damn. I mean, you have to be. I, I There's no way to yeah. be a comedian without seeing everything that's going For on around you. And like, you can turn that into a joke, but I would imagine it also makes you an incredibly frustrated human being. Neurotic, dark. Yeah. For sure. Like, uh, you can only see so much of humanity around you before you go, God, we're just kind of fucking stupid. Like, we're just stupid. Yeah. It is funny how good our we've talked about this a, like a little bit in a different way before on the podcast, but whether it's comedian, a performance, a musician, mm-hmm. we talked about this with music, but even with like performing, with like acting, good art is so timeless. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason, and we don't really change. No, like a story is a story is a story. Yeah, and the yeah. things around us change, but. The core of what we want to see and the core of what we value and right, it doesn't really change. I would even argue, Miss Kate Napoli, uh-huh. that the same could be said for like some of the best comedy. Not like comedians, but like humor, like jokes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Stuff, there are like the best jokes and the best humor. Like there's these old uh, Nichols and May improv skits from like the 50s that they filmed. And they're just these two people waiting for a subway. Like that's like the aim of the skit, like the improv. And it's so funny. Like if you watch it today, it's hilarious. But, you know, I mean, and like the other stuff is just topical. It fades away. 
whether it's yeah. comedy, performance, whatever. But the best, the best will always stay present. And and mm. see the kind of like base level of humanity that doesn't change. Yeah. Obviously, some jokes and some of the ways that we tell those jokes age horrendously bad. A little That's bit. Not grammar. What? No, you're good. You're close enough. We're tired. I'm tired, and I'm not gonna lie. Those Harvey Wallbangers did pack a punch. You don't like mixing anything with orange juice. You get excited when like you have it. I like orange juice, though. You're like, OJ's great, but like, I don't want to taste alcohol in uh, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just not my favorite. That's the thing with like art too, separating it from its time and also its artists, and sometimes you do both. Because sometimes the best things are made by like really. Shitty mm-hmm. people. Not that these people are shitty. I'm just talking about in general. Well, and I also think a lot of the way, I think a lot of the way that we digest things, especially I'm just thinking in the context of like jokes, is so format specific. Like I was thinking about this the other day with memes. They're at, at the heart of a lot of those jokes mm-hmm. is some very real observations on humanity that are true and lasting and evergreen. Yeah. But we put them in these very specific formats that are applicable one day, and you have to be in the know to understand what the format is referencing and making fun of, and gone the next. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the content isn't lasting, but the format isn't. And I think we... I don't know. I think there's something really fun in that because it captures a moment. But I also think we lose an opportunity to continue laughing at ourselves. Right. In the need to constantly be reinventing it. And constantly going through the mm-hmm. circle of that that format. Yeah. I feel like it's really showing on this podcast episode that we are brain dead right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even... I'm Listen. Barely alive. We double featured it, all right? So we're double liquored up. <laughs> We're tired. We're hungover. I didn't want to drink today. Let's spice this up, though, in like the last right. third. Who is one of your problematic faves in film history? Actor, writer, director, producer. Oh, fuck. I'm not going to have an answer for you. You don't have anybody? Problematic favorite movie. Problematic favorite joke. <sighs> any funny ones. Any good ones. You're asking me to go through the Rolodex right now after we just complained about being brain dead? <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny, dude? Richard Pryor's humor. Mm-hmm. You know what I was thinking about? Not that this is like a problematic. I don't think it does at least. His humor mm-hmm. seems so raunchy and so dirty, and it comes out in this movie. But I'm having this moment when I'm watching it, and it's like I've, I hear way dirtier stuff every single day from every stand-up. Yeah. Even like C-level stand-ups are way dirtier than him. Yep. But it's in the it's in this way he delivers it. I don't know if it's that or like the way this movie's packaged. It's an eighties movie, so like, you know. Yeah. Well, it, what's funny is the Braille Institute that he worked with in studying for this role actually disavowed the film after they saw the premiere because of his language in it. That is. They were funny. fine with the representation. They weren't fine with the language that he was using, which I. Again, the language thing I never got. I don't either. I It was a different time. It wasn't as, you know, it was taboo to go around saying fuck. And now it's like, well, I just well, got to st- click. People are very <laughs> puritan about that shit today, though, too. Where? 
Don't you think so? Not in my life, personally. Well, I mean, not our friends. I'm just saying I'm in like, general, you're not like throwing it around at the Thanksgiving dinner table, but... Right. But it's like, even when you're in a group of adults, you don't say certain... I think that depends on the adults you're raised by. No, I'm not saying just with family. I'm just saying it could be at work, could be at a dinner party yeah. with just random people. You don't say certain things, but we all say it in our daily lives. Yeah. Like, if anything, I mean, as you can tell by this podcast, I swear like a sailor. Mm-hmm. But I constantly have to censor myself. But like, I'm not even saying anything like dirty. I'm just kind of just, it's their adjectives that flower up my <laughs> daily conversations. It's a little salt, a little pepper. Yeah. It's a little seasoning. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. Um, <laughs> just me trying to advocate that if I could just talk like God. Joey Diaz every day, my life would be better. For who? Everybody. Not for us. Myself mainly. I have to listen to you. I almost did an impression of him, but I'm not going to. Please don't. I mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I do think it's funny that language gets so harped on and that it was like such a taboo thing and now it's just kind of like, if you're not swearing in your stand-up set, if you're running a clean set, you're very much the outlier. You know, it's also funny. hmm And I noticed this even within myself. It's ingrained. In this country, because it's, it's really not like this like you hear in Europe. Violence, no issue. A tit, oh my God, everybody close your eyes. If you show... Speaking of tit... That's why I'm saying. Yeah. This movie, people are getting fucking shot knocked out like every other action movie didn't bat an eye this girl nothing sexual happens this girl it's just a joke this girl's in the shower the antagonist the main villain and she's reaching for her louis bag and she's tries to get out of the shower and it's not even like sexually shown she's from the side she's just reaching to get something from her bag and you see a boob i'm like oh casual tit and then i realized i'm like why does that in that context if it was like overtly sexual then it would be weird but it wasn't it was like in the present moment of the scene. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. We have I mean, such a problem it, with nudity. We do. But not with violence. I would argue, I do, that is my one beef with this movie in particular, is that the the nudity in this does feel exploitative. Like, yeah, it, it feels like they made the villain a really beautiful woman, specifically so that they could get her naked for no reason. Oh, did, say your observation about the lipstick. Oh yeah, in that same same scene when she's in the shower, yeah. she has like a whole bunch of um, cleanser on her face, so she her eyes are closed, no makeup on, but she does have lipstick on right. in the shower. <laughs> like why? People, 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 come on now. She has a perfect line around her mouth where there's no soap, and she's got lipstick on, and you see her titties for no reason. It was not necessary. Sex and media in this country is so weird. Well, not even sex, just nudity. Because there's nothing... It was just specifically female nudity. Yeah. But also it, male nudity. You don't see a lot of dong. But that that's my point. That's why it feels exploitative. Because yeah. you don't see like Gene Wilder or Richard Pryor's characters in the same positions. You don't see the other male villain, who's unfortunately played by Kevin Spacey, um, in the same position. Like, you don't... There's no... I do think that things are slowly changing with that in movies today. Yeah, because I think people are getting really 
pissed off when it happens. Like, I don't know if you remember the second Star Wars, nope, the second Star Trek reboot movie, J.J. Abrams and the Chris Pine reboot. Yeah. Into Darkness with Benedict. Yeah, I think that's the one. There's a shot in it, and I remember it was a big deal at the time, where, which, I'm all over the place. I rewatched the first one, and this is also true in the first one, but it was a really big deal in the second one. Yeah. There is a shot, and let me find the actress's name. Is it a redhead? Or is it Zoe Saldana? It's the blonde. Oh, it's Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just a random shot. She's, Alice Eve. Alice Eve. She has her shirt off. She goes, turn around. She's just in her underwear. Like, oh, for yeah. No, for no reason. Like, I get the point is that Chris Pine playing Captain Kirk is a womanizer. But, yeah. like, there was no reason for us to have this gratuitous full body nude shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of this character who we really don't know yet. Like, this is our first introduction to her. And there's her. no payoff. That's not no, a setup to anything. It's just, it just it happens. There's a woman's done. body for you. Like, why? Yeah. What was the point? And that's what it feels like in this. And that is always, to me, just like, why? Why? You know the Duplass brothers rule when they were running? You know that, that show Togetherness on HBO? Mm, yeah. They said anytime there's... Um, female nudity it has to be there has to be male nudity too it has to be equal mm-hmm. one for one the entire show no matter what and i think i remember when that came out people were like why is there so much male nudity and it was equal it was yeah. they did it they made sure it was 50 50 mm-hmm. which i thought was really cool i love that and also the second episode of that show is fucking hilarious speaking of nudity we need to watch that after we get off i need to show you that it's really funny all right well maybe another day it's five minutes okay Trust me, it'll brighten up your day. Mm-kay. I promise. <laughs> um, God, we need to do a Richard Pryor run. But anyways. I know we do. We've got to... We'll give it some time because we're going to do one this week, obviously, and we're going to do one next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we transition to a run that I'm excited, excited for. for. Do you want to say what's coming mm-hmm. up next? No, you find out next week, babes. All right. Find out next week. We'll keep it secret then. But it'll be fun. I'm really excited. It's going to take us in a very different tonal direction. Do you think they're ready for it? Are we ready for it? It's gonna. I'm these are not going to be light it. ones to watch. <laughs> okay. Well, you want to pick up your phone? You're getting a call. Ugh. I guess. They're calling again. I, they won't leave freaks. me alone. A little sick freaks. All right. They are. Pick it up. Yeah, I just finished watching See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Uh, I I'm I don't normally like his stuff, but the uh, the stuff with that remote that like can pause and play time was really cool. It was kind of odd when they brought in Christopher Walken as the Angel of Death toward the end. I didn't really see that coming. Um, but besides that, I liked it a lot. Good movie. Uh, if I could have a remote like that, boy, would I love it. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review. It goes a long way towards getting us out there. If you didn't, feel free to argue with us on our socials. You can find us on Instagram at broovies underscore show. And next week we're watching Stir Crazy.